Hey there, welcome to New River Church's podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Have you ever had feelings that you didn't know how to express to God or to someone else? We've got good news. There's a whole book of the Bible that gives language to the deepest, rawest feelings that we have, and it's the book of Psalms. The rest of the Bible is God's words to you. The Psalms are your words to God. We pray that this message blesses you today. And if you're looking for more information about New River Church, just check us out at newriverchurch.org. So we've been going through the book of Psalms, you know, for the last few months in the fall season, and I get the distinct pleasure of being the closer this morning. I get to bring it home, because we've been covering, for those of you who have been here the last few months, we've, we've taken the whole book of Psalms and brought it into four different categories. We've done our lift songs, we've done our, our, our lean songs, uh, psalms, our lament psalms, and now our lift psalms. And I get to bring it home with Psalm number 150. There we go. And our, our time together today is going to be entitled The Life of Praise. And you'll see why it's that way in just a moment. But I want to open with this question, friends. Does anyone here, you know, when you think of praise, you think of like charismatic praise breaks and people running around and dancing and slapping their legs and, and slapping a praise on it. And, you know, maybe you don't, you don't feel that way. You know, you don't express yourself that way. Or, you know, maybe you do feel that way, but you've got some circumstances going on this morning. You're coming in with some pain. You're coming in with some hurt. Maybe you've got financial trouble. Maybe your body is in pain. Maybe you've got broken relationships. Whatever the reason may be, and, and maybe the last thing you feel like doing this morning, even with the wonderful loud worship, is praising the Lord. Well, I've got good news for you this morning, because friends, I, I know for me and my walk with the Lord, the last year circumstantially, it hasn't been that great. I've had some stuff go on that could have sapped my praise. It could have stifled my ability to praise the Lord. But see, the cool thing is Jesus taught me more about praising him when I was in the valleys, because it's real easy to praise when we're on the mountaintops, right? When we get the award, so to speak, in life, to praise the Lord. But what about when we're in the valleys, when things aren't going our way, when we're struggling to get through the day? I've learned more about praising him in the last year than the other 38 years of my life, amen? And I'm going to share some of that stuff with you today. And I'm, and I'm just going to go ahead and give away the whole point of my sermon right now. Hopefully, you don't tune out for the remaining 34 minutes. The whole point of my sermon today is the most honoring thing I can do for Jesus, amen, is to live a life of praise to him, amen. And so with that in mind, we're going to be in Psalm 150, and I put it right up on the screen. We're all going to read it together this morning. I feel it important that we read this word together. So if we go ahead and get that up on the screen right there. If you have your Bibles, you can look in the Bibles too. So, all right, we're going to start in verse one. You guys ready? Let's go. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
praise the reading of his word. And so you see common theme here, praise him. And you see praise the Lord at the beginning and the end of that chapter of Psalms. And this actually, Psalm 150, it's grouped together with the last five Psalms, and the praise Psalms, and they all start the same and end the same with praise the Lord. They're all bookended with that. And actually, in looking into that, praise the Lord, translated in Hebrew, is, it's hallelujah. And that's a three-syllable word. And so when we take that and we break it down, it's actually three syllables. Hallel, ooh, shah. And so hallel means shines. Ooh means with. And jah, short for Yahweh, is God. So literally, when we're praising the Lord, when we're lifting him up, we're actually shining with God. We are in his presence. We're actually shining with him when we praise him. I think that's pretty cool. And so, friends, you know, in preparing for today's message and kind of uh, figuring out where I was going to go with it and writing notes and praying and thinking about it, it's funny how, how, how the Lord works, amen, and how everything kind of broke down and actually spelled the acronym, which spells praise. And so we're going to take the rest of our time here and kind of break that down and go through the P, the R, the A, the I, the S, and the E that make praise there. So the first thing is praise has a place. And so when we look at that, we look at verse number one, starts with, it was praise God in his sanctuary. Where is his sanctuary? You're sitting in it. You're sitting in it right here, right? That's in, in the holy place right there. We all gather together corporately on Sundays and we gather together in our small groups and we're praising the Lord. That, that, that's the softball one, right? The question right there. Praise God in his sanctuary. And it goes on, to, and that's corporately with other believers, Further on in verse 1, it says, praise him in his mighty heavens. And so when I was first looking at that before I was really diving in, you think, oh, that's praise up in heaven. But it's actually not quite that way. And so from looking at commentaries and looking at other translations, because sometimes if I get confused, I like to look at other translations to see if the word kind of illuminates a little better to me, amen? And so if you're looking at the King James Version, uh, in his mighty heavens is worded as the firmament of his power. I don't know what that means, so I kind of had to look that up. And the firmament of his power means the vault or arch of the sky. Okay. So I looked at the message version, which is kind of worded the most simple for me, for a guy like myself, and it says, under the open skies. So that's, that's everywhere else, right? So praise isn't just meant for the sanctuary. Praise isn't just meant for the Bible study. Praise is meant for where? everywhere, right? So no matter where I go, I can praise the Lord. Amen? So I think that's pretty cool. And so secondly, praise has a response, right? And so, you know, praise, praise often gets lumped with prayer and with worship. But there's one thing about praise that's a little different than prayer and worship. If I'm praying, oftentimes I go into the quiet place and I'm not speaking aloud. I'm praying quietly, right between me and God. I mean, or even if I'm gathering with other believers, I'm most of the time praying quietly to myself. It may be spoken, but not, you know, not always and not most of the time. And uh, when I'm worshiping, you know, we gather together here. Some of us may be worshiping quietly you know, to ourselves. Or I know if, I, if, I'm in the, if I'm in the car, I may be jamming out, worshiping real loud, but other times I'm going to be just listening and worshiping in that way. And so that, that response is often quiet. But see, something's different about praise, friends. We can't, uh, 
We, can't, we, can, can't, we can worship silently, but we, we can't praise silently. Praise, isn't, praise is not something that's meant to keep to ourselves. Praise is meant, come on now, to share with others. Sorry, I get excited, I clap a lot. You might hear me clapping. But, uh, but, you know, it would be like, think of it this way. I'll give you a real world example. Let's say you went, Rob, to the most wonderful restaurants you ever went to, right? And you had the most delicious food you ever tasted. Are you going to keep that to yourself? No, you're not. You're going to tell everybody you know, hey, go to, that, go to that restaurant and try that food. That, was, that chicken cutlet grinder with, with provolone, lettuce, tomato, and mayo was absolutely delicious, right? Same thing goes with praise. If I'm praising Jesus and he's the most wonderful person I ever met, if he's the most wonderful thing I could ever praise, I'm not going to keep that to myself. I'm going to tell a friend that you need to go meet Jesus. He's going to change your life. So praise is meant, come on now, to have a response. Praise is not meant to keep to yourself. And so, okay, so we know there's going to be a response to it, right? So that's going to break down into the what do we praise God for and how do we praise God? There we go. Sorry, I keep looking back there. So we go into verse 2. The what do we praise God for? First thing is his acts of power. Now, all throughout the world, it's obvious to see God move in a powerful way. And I could spend the rest of our time together talking about how God works powerfully in the Bible. But I want to make it a little more personal for you, friend. How has God moved powerfully in your life, in your life, in your life? What has he done personally to, for, to show his power to you? Has he healed you of an illness? Has he made a way when there was no way for you? Has he broken the chains of addiction in your life? Has he broken strongholds? Has he delivered you personally from things that you could never deliver yourself for? But he did it for you, and he acted powerfully in your life. Because see, when we praise, it's a personal experience. Praise is me to God, and I'm going to reiterate that later. But in that personal response, I can testify to what God's done in your life, in your life, but I need to know, what has God done in my life if I'm, if I'm praising him, right? So it's, it's a very personal, what has God done in your life? Secondly, talks about his surpassing greatness in verse 2 also. And what's his surpassing greatness? It's his character, right? It's, and, and how is his character displayed God's character? Through his son Jesus, right? Who lived life perfectly here on earth, amen? So Jesus' character, grace, mercy, Love, truth, compassion, right? And it's shown all throughout the Bible. But I want to make it personal for you. Who has Jesus been to you? Has Jesus loved you when you felt unlovable? Has Jesus, has Jesus helped wipe your tears? Has Jesus shown truth for you? Has Jesus provided for you? I bet he has, amen, if we go back and look through it and see, there's good news there. There's one word in there I like. I like surpassing. You know what surpassing means? His greatness doesn't stop. Come on now. That his greatness keeps getting better and better and better. His greatness doesn't stop today. You haven't hit the zenith of Jesus' greatness today. It's going to keep, better, keep getting better and better. It's infinite, amen? So then, that's the what do we praise God for, right? His acts of power, his greatness. Now, how do we praise God? And that goes into verses 3 through 5. And that's how we praise God? With the instruments of our lives. 
And say, we look at, in verse 3, it talks about the sounding of the trumpet. And when I think of the trumpet, I think of something that's loud. I think of something that gets attention, something that's up front. Trumpet's usually the first thing that you hear. And so how can we relay that, that thing that gets attention? That's, That's often our words, friends, right? In the book of Psalm, chapter 19, verse 14, it says, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And I like it. If you look at at, at the verse in in the Bible, the words rock and redeemer, it's capitalized. You know what that means? That's personal tense. That means he's my rock and my redeemer. And we can all say the same thing, right? It's, it's, amen. It's, pre, it's pretty cool. And so we often, first thing we need to praise God with is our words, right? Because that's that first expression of praise. Then we go on and look at the harp and the lyre. When I think of the harp and the lyre, I think of something that's smooth. I think it's melodious. I often think it's, it's, it's in the background, right? We don't think of, the, of, the, of harp as a very upfront sounding instrument, amen? And so what often, what's, what's in the background, right? Our words are up front, but what, what's in the background? Our thoughts. Our thoughts, I mean, you know, it's funny. You know, I, I admit for work, you know, my, my wife and I subleased from a yoga student. He talked about this quieting your mind thing. It, it, to, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Amen. Like thoughts, right? I don't know about you. You keep going and going and going. And I find out of the three tools and praise in the Lord, three instruments, my thoughts tend to be the toughest. I don't know about you. And plenty of times, you know, I, I, I come in on a Sunday morning and I'm praising the Lord with my words, praising the Lord with my worship, and then I go home and I fall into stinking thinking. And for me, it's I start, I start hating on myself. But if God created me fearfully and wonderfully, any thought that's not of God is not praiseworthy, amen? So I go and undo my words with my thought life. And my thought life often sinks me the fastest I don't know about you. So... You know, in the quiet times, it's, it's, it's important in that act of praise to take our thoughts and focus them on Jesus as much as we can. So then we move in to verse number four. It talks about the timbrel and the dancing. Timbrel is something we shake with our hands. Dancing is something we do with our feet. Even if you've got two left feet like me, we can still dance and move, right? It signifies joy. It signifies movement. And so what does that relate to in real world example? Our actions, right? In the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, Abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among pagans that though they accuse you of wrong, come on now, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. So check it out. That's good news. Your actions can, can cause others to glorify God. Your testimony lived out in the decisions that you make, the actions that you show in your workplace, with your family, everywhere else, at the grocery store, in the line at Dunkin' Donuts, come on now, can help point people to God, point people to Jesus, right? Amen. And so we may talk a good game with our praise, We may think a good game more than 50% of the time, but if we turn around and act the wrong way, if I turn around and snap at the person who didn't get get my latte right at Dunkin' Donuts, my actions aren't pointing people to Jesus, are they? They're not praiseworthy. If I walk around with a bad attitude or or even worse, do things that uh, that are blatantly sinful that other people catch, right? 
And they, and they see us walking around and, and it undermines our testimony. So I find it very important that our words and our thoughts and our actions, they all have to mesh, amen? All these instruments of our lives have to be working in harmony in order to make a melodious life of praise to the Lord. Imagine, I know this worship was wonderful this morning, and it is every week, but could you imagine if, if the, the keys and the guitars were playing a completely different tune? You'd get confused. You wouldn't know what to listen to. You wouldn't know what to hear. It wouldn't point you to anything glorifying. It would be mismatched and a mess, right? So if my words, come on now, and my thoughts and my actions are in sync, the instrument of our lives isn't playing very well for praise, is it? So we look into verse 5. We talk about the clash of symbols and the resounding symbols. Those are two different things if you look at it. The clash of symbols, I wish I had a pair of symbols. I could slam them together right now, make sure everybody's away. But it turn around and it's that moment of impact in our lives, those moments of impact. And what are those moments of impact? Those are the crises you're going to go through in your lives, right? Those are those moments where times are tough, when circumstances are poor, and you've got a decision to make. You're going to go the way God wants you to go, or you're going to go the other way. It's those moments, and oftentimes people are very observant of the trials of your life. Your trials in life are one of the biggest tools of your testimony in order to point people to Jesus because in those moments of trial, those moments of struggle, when you've got tough decisions to make, it's very easy to make that exit, isn't it? It's very easy to make that right turn, right? But at those moments of impact, those, it's just, we need to use those, come on now, to point people to Jesus, to live a life of praise to Jesus. When that, when that car crash in your life happens, so to speak, when, does, when that illness hits, when that financial struggle hits, are you going to point people to, to Jesus with your praise? Amen. I hope so. It's tough. It really is tough, right? It's not easy. Saying it is really easy, but it's not. And then we have the resounding symbols. So that's what happens after the impact. Because your praise, come on now, it has a ripple effect. How you act in that moment of impact is going to have a ripple effect that others are going to see. It's, it's not just for that moment. It's for months, years down the road. Now, in the book of Galatians chapter 1, verse 24, I was reading it a month ago, and it just stuck out to me. It talks to the Apostle Paul is going to visit a few different uh, churches in the area, a few different places, right? And he's coming up to this place here where they had never seen about him. They'd never seen him as yet. They had only heard about him. And it was talking about how, like I said, they only heard about his testimony as a man who was once persecuting Christians and now is preaching the good news of Jesus, right? And Galatians 1.24 says, and I want to live my life this way. If you could summarize my whole testimony in one sentence, this is what I would hope. And they praised God because of me. Let's say that one more time. And they praised God because of me. Hmm. It's worded so simply. I would just, yeah. Because I could preach all I want, but if my actions don't, don't fall in line with that, if my, the way I live my life doesn't fall in line with that, they're not going to praise God because of me. Your actions will often preach a sermon that, that your words can't. Amen? Come on now. So, we've talked about so far praise having a place, which is everywhere. Praise having a response, which means an audible response. Praising him for is that for what God does and who he is? We've looked at the instruments now. We're going to look at the next piece. Praise may seem against the grain. 
but it really isn't, right? But let's look at it in comparison, like we're going to take worldly praise versus biblical praise. You see, worldly praise is often based on feelings, right? It's circumstantial. It's, it's based on what's going on right now, and it's in relation to me. I'm going to give you a good example of that. You know, my wife does some subcontracting work, doing massage for the, some of the New York Jets players, and one of the perks is I've been able to go to a couple games. Thank you, Lord. And, you know, <laughs> you talk about praise in the moment. Watch Zach Wilson play football, right? And so he's turning, you know, every time the Jets score a touchdown, yay, go Jets, praise the, praise the Jets, praise Zach Wilson, yippee. And he turns around, fumbles the ball, gets sacked, throws an interception, boo. Zach Wilson stinks, get him out of town. It's the most blatant example of circumstantial momentary praise that I could think of, right? But I got good news for you. Biblical praise do- doesn't work that way. That's a good thing, and I'll tell you why. See, biblical praise is based on truth. It's based on the truth of what God has done, what Jesus has done, and who he is, right? Even better, it's everlasting because the word says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means the circumstances of God's character are never going to change. His actions are never going to change. They're going to be timeless, so you don't have to worry about one moment, you know, and I know it's, it, it's tough when we look at praise, we often think of what's going on in my life right now. That's why we look at praise, and oftentimes where we get it, twisted myself included, is we, we praise God based on how my life's going, based on how my walk is going. So when my circumstances aren't as good, my, my praise kind of decreases a little bit. But the good news is when we praise biblically, pointing to Jesus, it's the same yesterday. should be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because our biblical praise is in relation to who God is, not who I am. But something cool happens when we're, in that, when we're praising God for who he is and, and, and what he's done. We, we get into his presence. Because we'll see, if I only praise God based on how I feel, then I make praise about me and my world, you know, and my truth, right? And then I've missed the whole point of praise. See, in the book of Job, chapter 13, verse 15, when, uh, when Job was going through all this stuff and, and all this mess, and most of you know the, the story of the book of Job where he was just afflicted, lost his family, afflicted with sores. It was terrible. And, but yet he says here, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. His eyes towards God didn't decrease. His praise didn't decrease. His hope didn't decrease. And that's good news because you see, Knowing that, no matter what circumstances I'm going through, I can still praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So see, our, my hope is, you know, I try to strive for, and I hope that our, what we're striving through, no matter what you're coming into today, that we friends here, that we can have the kind of praise, the praise that points to the Lord, that goes despite circumstances, no matter what we're going through, regardless of how we're feeling today, and is steady even when I'm steady, because there are plenty of times when I'm unsteady. But I can, I can use my praise, pointing out my eyes back to Jesus to get me steady again. He can right the ship. He can stand me up straight when I feel like falling down. Amen? Amen. And see, if I, uh, yeah, there it goes. So when we praise God, we get into his presence. In the book of Psalm, chapter 22, verse 3, it says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. So when we're praising God... 
We're actually, we're, we're lifting him up, right? We sing in songs, Jesus, we lift you up. We pray, Jesus, we lift you up. With our praise, we're, we're in his presence. But see, God does a wonderful thing right here, friends. I glorify God with my praise. And then he turns around and lifts my spirits. In the book of Psalms, chapter 147, verse number one, it says, Praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise him. So we're praising him, it is good, it is pleasant, and it is fitting. And those are three words that God just lifts my spirits with that there. And see, my praise, it points to the Lord, but it actually preaches to my soul. I think Pastor Robin said it a few, a few weeks back, where the person we most often preach to, amen, is ourselves. Right. You know, and see, the difference is, I've heard of float around before the power of positive thinking. But you see, check this out now. It just hit me last night when I was going through this and, 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 rehe- and praying about it. And see, positive thinking sees the glass half full. But come on, we're praising God. It's full all the way. We praise him, it's 100% full. We don't have to settle for half full when we're praising God. We can go all the way to the 100% and preach it to, and to ourselves. Right. And see, so I often find when we're praising, the level of, of my praise is equal to the level of my intimacy with the Lord. The first thing, when I'm going, when I'm far from the Lord, I can be far from the Lord and still read my Bible on a regular basis. I can be far from the Lord and still pray decently. But the first thing that's going to go is my praise. The level of my praise is equal to the level of my intimacy, right? And I can relay that even to like my relationship with my wife, Ashley. Like I, if, I, if I'm not in emotional intimacy with her, the first thing that goes is my praise. I'm not gonna, if I'm feeling distant from her, I'm going to be less likely to compliment, less likely to love, which are all faults, right? That's not the right way to go. But how that relationship, you know, the more I'm deeper with her and the more I'm just, just loving her the way, properly, the praise just floats out. It's natural. I just can't help but compliment her and share how wonderful she is, right? The same thing with the Lord. The deeper we are to the Lord, the more time we're spending with him, the more we're in his word, the more we're praying with him, to the Lord, that level of intimacy increases in the praise. It just bubbles right out. Amen? Amen. But I tell you, there are, t- there are plenty of times when praise can seem sacrificial, right? There will be plenty of days where you don't feel like praising God very much. You're going through your stuff. You're having a bad day. You're running, you're running late for work. You're anxious. You know, certain things just aren't going right. Everything's going upside down in your day, and you don't feel much like praising the Lord. I got good news for you. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says right there, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Now, that doesn't mean we, we, it's vocally all day. It's through our actions, through our thoughts also. Amen? It's all three instruments together. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So first word right, phrase right there, through Jesus. We need Jesus to help us praise him, amen? We need to call on him. Lord, help me to praise you today. I'm struggling. I'm running late. I'm anxious. I'm uptight. Oh, I'm just all wound up. Help me to praise you better. Help me to put, focus my eyes on you better. And that helps us to offer it continually. And you see, when we, start, when we get into that, that mind shift, when I fall out of my stinking thinking and get into, in, in, into that eyes on Jesus you know, praising mode there, it, it's fruitful, turns into fruit of the lips that openly profess his name. There it is again. There's that response. We've got to openly profess the name of Jesus. We can't keep Jesus to ourselves. God is not a God in a box. I don't want to put him in my box and hide him in the closet. I want to share him with everybody, even in the worst of my days. Amen? Amen. 
And it takes effort. And we can call on Jesus openly to do it. Amen. And see, lastly, praise, where does it come from? It comes from everything. Verse number six says, let everything, and we sang it, I hope if you remember, it's one verse out of the six today. It's let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We're going to sing it a few more times later, right? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That means what God created. Animals were created praiseworthy to him. Birds were created praiseworthy to him. His creation was created praiseworthy to him. So that means that you and I, you, friend, were fearfully and wonderfully made. You were created as much as you and I may feel like mess up sometimes and we fall short and we're struggling in pain and we feel like a total louse up. He created you, come on now, praiseworthy to him. And relaying it to Jesus, it makes me think of a story in the book of Luke chapter 19, verses 39 to 40. When Jesus is entering Jerusalem, this is all on Palm Sunday, and, uh, and all the people are praising him and praising his name. And the, the uh, Pharisees come along and, and come up to Jesus. It says in verse 39, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. The Pharisees, because they didn't get it, because they didn't understand, they wanted to stifle the praise. Have you ever felt stifled in your praise, friend? Have you ever felt like, like you were feeling real exuberant for the Lord and, and, and somebody who just didn't get it? It's, uh, mm. I'll give you one example that just came to mind. It's, you know, I come into work, I get excited for the day, you know? When I, when I start my morning with Jesus and I go into the office, come on, it's go time, I'm excited. I want to make a difference for you today, Lord. And I walk into the yoga studio and lay at the desk and, you know, sometimes I get a little excited, I don't want to miss the mic up, but I beat my, like, yeah, I beat my chest and yeah, let's go. Lay at the desk goes, you all right? Is everything? I said, yeah, I just beat my chest. He goes, oh, I, I heard that loud noise. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I was excited for today. That's why I should enter every day, right? Our praise should be exciting. It should be exuberant. It should be like, yes, come on, Jesus. Let's go for the day, right? But there may be that person that looks at you and like, you all right? <laughs> right? I'd, I'd want people to look at me that way. Like, I want them to, to look at me and that, like, why are you so exuberant? Well, let me tell you why right? And there's that door that's open. I can share my testimony. So when, when everything that has breath praises the Lord, it can't help but point people who aren't in that place to see it, to understand, right? So, all right. So we're, we're coming to a close. And so if I could use, and you see these three, you're like, what the heck is up here? You see, you see the three bowls right here. I'm going to go against the grain this morning. So if I could have a couple volunteers, just help me hand out. I've got some noisemakers right here because I'm going to do something a little different. We're going to let out in a couple of minutes. Thank you, Aaron. Can I get two more friends to help me hand these out, please? Thank you, Glenn. So as we're handing these out and the worship team can come on up, I'm going to share a personal story. And please just do me a favor. Please don't play them until we start singing. I just want to... Make... Just give me like two minutes, 45 seconds. We'll be ready to go, okay? So I'm going to share as these are being quietly handed out a personal story just to let you know what my last year has been, okay? Yeah, this is why we didn't get kazoos, by the way. That's why we want the clappers and the, and the tambourines. I know. So in the last year, friends, you know, for those of you who have been, been close with me, you've known that. It was just over a year ago, my uncle, uh, who spent over a half, I lived over half my life with him, he died from a very short battle with cancer, 12 days to be exact, from diagnosis to death. I watched him pass right in front of my face. Five days later, I broke my arm playing basketball. 
and I had to set out of work with my passion that God called me to do. I was out two months. It was a sad time. In April, I got laid off. I got laid off from my job. That I thought that's where exactly where God wanted me to be. Got told our department was getting cut. All of us laid off. I had to go and tell my wife, I'm out of a job. In June, took a sabbatical, went away on vacation. You know, had three pets that we've raised since infancy. You know, close as I have to kids. And two of them died. While I was, one while I was away, one while I was in between trips. A lot of pain. A lot of hurt. Things weren't going that great. My circumstances kind of stunk for the, for the year. But I'm going to give you a story of where I was having a particularly sad day. And I was, and I was going for a walk. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'm feeling sad. I'm just going to go for a walk, talk with the Lord. And it turns out uh, some uh, friend from church, uh, Stephanie Johnson, was actually driving off the highway. as exit was going where I was walking. And I hear, oh, say hi to Mr. Matt. Hey, Mr. Matt. And all the kids waved. And I tell you, in just a praiseworthy fashion, just a, just a uplifting with, with the thoughts and with the words. And I tell you what, friends, I went on the rest of my walk and it turned into a praise walk. Come on now. I went and started walking around and it was, you know what? I, Lord, thank you for this air I get to breathe. It was a whole paradigm shift. I went from being depressed and sad to Lord, thank you for this, for, for this fresh air. Thank you for these trees that look lovely. Thank you that I have two feet that I can walk on. And it just helped me put my eyes to Jesus. And he, through Stephanie Johnson and her kids, helped lift my spirits, right? So those things, friends, that you're doing, that you, don't, you think you're just being friendly and just saying hello to people, you don't know what day they're going through. When you go to work and you use your words and your actions and thoughts in a praiseworthy manner, you don't know even who you're pointing to the Lord. You don't know who God's using you to turn their day around, right? And even at my lowest point, when I'm, I'm over in, in Spain and supposed to be on vacation and this La Sagrada Familia and my cat just died and I couldn't see it, you know, and struggling with that depression, I had to go back to the very base of my praise, the very, very, very first level of praise. God, thank you for what you made. It's beautiful. And my praise helped me to cope with my sadness that I was going through. It doesn't take away the burdens. It doesn't. Listen, praise, your stressors will still be there, friends. What you got going on is still going to be there. But your ability to praise is, is going to be, God's going to use that, I feel, to help turn it around. He's going to lift your spirits. And when your spirits are lifted, come on, I was going to point others to Jesus. Amen. So, you know, if maybe you're, you're, you came in this morning and your praise was stifled, maybe you're going through a bunch of, of uh, poor circumstances, you're going through a broken relationship, you're going through a lot of hurt and a lot of pain, and you walked in this morning at nine going, I don't feel like praising the Lord, I'm going to stand like this during the worship songs. And the last thing you feel like doing is praising the Lord. But you know, I feel like, I really, I just, I sense that there's going to be just an unleashing of praise. So let today, let today be the day that we let our praise out. Let's make a joyful noise to the Lord when we go through this last song right here. You can start, I can shout over that. Because you see, when we take that praise, we're in the place to praise. We're going to give the response of praise. We're going to go against the grain for a quiet last song. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be between you and the Lord. We're sacrificing the awkwardness of lifting it up right now. Because everything that has breath right now, as we sing this last song, is going to praise the Lord.
that about wraps it up for today. We pray that today's message encouraged you. And if you would like more information or just to contact us, go to our website at newriverchurch.org.